1: Blair General Hospital, where life begins, where life ends, where life goes
3: on. Blair General Hospital, maternity ward? One moment, after will you.
2: Go ahead, please. Oh, come on, Charlie, how about it, will you, huh?
3: Joe Wayman, if I told you one Yeah, time... yeah,
2: yeah, I know, but maybe you could change your mind. <laughs> Why, I'll, I'll buy you a hamburger if you'll go. A
3: hamburger? Oh, why, lots of men would be... Uh... Good evening. Can I help you? Help me? I don't know. Well, uh, did you want to see somebody, Miss? Somebody? I don't know.
2: Hey, she looks like she needs a doctor.
3: Oh, look, honey, I'll call one of the doctors. Now, if you'll just give me your name. My name? I
1: don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, still there? How is she? I've given her a sedative, Doctor Gillespie. Think she'll sleep through until morning now. Here's the clothes she was wearing. That's a thousand-dollar coat. No mm-hmm. identification. Learn anything from your examination? Not much. She has a small bruise on her forehead and abrasions on both knees. Apparently suffered a slight fall five or six hours ago. Serious enough to cause a brain injury? No, no. Our first idea still goes. It's psychogenic amnesia. Repressive. I'm sure of that. (laughs) Ran against some situation she couldn't solve. Couldn't bear to think about. So her mind took over for her and blanked out her memory. Amnesia. Well, what do you want, Big Ears?
3: I hate to interrupt, Dr. Gillespie. Well,
1: then why are you doing it?
3: Well, because Dr. Carew just called. And he's on his way down here, that's why.
1: Carew, huh? <laughs> now, what brings our beloved superintendent out of his fleece-lined pand- penthouse? Oh, he may have a report from the police. Oh, mm-hmm. how is that girl, Dr. Gillespie? No better in the morning, Parker. Sleep right now.
3: Oh, poor
1: child.
3: Must be awful to get amnesia and have your mind go completely blank.
1: Parker, if that's a definition of amnesia, you've had it for years. Now, get out of here.
3: Well, you don't have to shout at me. I know I
1: don't have to, but I enjoy it. Now, scat. Oh, you. well, well oh, Miss Parker, I'll oh, never.
3: Please. Oh, boy, I'm terribly sorry, do I didn't see you coming. I... All right, Parker, it's
1: all right. You didn't hurt anything but his gardenia. Come in. Come in, Caroo.
2: Personnel in this hospital simply must learn to... Well, however, I didn't come here for that. No? Uh, Remarkable. Uh, Gentlemen, the missing persons bureau is sending someone over.
1: I assume you'll have the patient ready for photographing, questioning. Why, that's
2: impossible, Dr. Carew.
1: I've given her a sedative. She's in no shape to be questioned tonight. Well, now, Dr. Kildare, I have to consider the best interests of the hospital in matters like this, and I... I'm I'm considering the best interests of my patient. I think you'd better let me decide what may be... Carew! Do you know anything about a dress designer named, uh... Uh... Ah, yeah, it's John Ton. John Ton? Why, only that he's terrifically expensive.
2: I, uh, my wife would spend occasionally... Well,
1: this girl's clothes come from there. You know, it might be unfortunate if you fail to give proper care and protection to the favorite daughter of some prominent wealthy, influential family.
2: Well, now, Dr.
1: Gillespie, I I didn't realize... Some family that might decide to get even for such treatment. I mean, uh, our first concern is the patient, of course. (laughs) And tomorrow would probably be soon enough. Some family that might have influence to the Board of Regents. Or whenever you and Dr. Kildare think she's ready. Uh, Gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, I think I'd better go and make a phone call right away. Uh
3: tell you, I don't know. I can't remember. I want to try. I want to remember, but I can't. There,
1: there, there. Now, it's all right. Dr. Gillespie and I understand that you're trying, and we're trying to help. I
3: really do want to remember. And sometimes I almost can. And then I start to get terribly frightened, and I can't remember anything.
1: Well, now, I think you've remembered quite a lot of things already. We're pretty sure that you've lived in New York most of your life. You know the city. You know something about literature, music. You speak a little French. Your parents are probably quite well-to-do.
3: No, no, I have no parents. I'm quite sure of that.
1: Why are you sure?
3: How can I tell you when I don't remember?
1: No, of course you can't. Well, suppose we try something else. Now, you close your eyes for a moment and try to imagine the scene I'm describing.
4: What?
1: You're standing just outside the main entrance of the hospital. You have your memory back, and everything is wonderful, and you want to go home.
3: Yes.
1: So you step over to the curb and get into a taxi.
3: And, and the driver closed the door. And he says,
1: where to, miss? And you answer.
3: And I say, I don't know.
1: Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. But you don't answer because you've changed your mind. You don't want to go home. Instead, you want to go to see someone you care a great deal for.
3: Yes. Uncle George.
1: Oh, so you have the driver take you to... To...
3: To... I don't know. I just said that I don't know any Uncle George. Oh, sure you do. What did he call you when you were a little girl? What was it he used to call you? Why, it was... It... I don't have any names. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) Oh, I want to remember, but I can't. Oh,
4: please,
1: can't you help me? Oh, please. So, as I told Dr. Carew here, I didn't learn of my daughter's disappearance until I got home from Baltimore a few hours ago. Been down there for three days on business, you know. Uh, Yes, of course. Uh, gentlemen, Mr. Bradley is head of Bradley and Company Limited, branches in all the principal cities. Yeah, yeah, and when you got home, then, the housekeeper told you your daughter was gone. Yes. She said Alice slipped and fell on the stairway yesterday, hmm. but, uh, got up at once and seemed all right. An hour afterwards, she left the house and hasn't been back. I thought until I called there that she might have gone upstate to her Uncle George. Uncle George, huh? Of Mr. Bradley, has there been anything strange or unusual that you've noticed in her actions lately? As a matter of fact, there has, Dr. Kildare. I suppose I should have called on a doctor, but I didn't expect anything like this. I understand her mother's not living, Mr. Bradley. I uh, lost my wife in an unfortunate accident many years ago. Uh Well, it's possible, of course, that the girl here isn't your daughter. But everything does. Well, from the photograph, the police showed me I'm positive she is. Couldn't I see her now to make sure? Well, I think so. Parker said she'd have her ready in five minutes. Let's go see.
2: It's only a few doors down the corridor. If you step this way, Miss Bradley. Eh? Thank you.
1: Well, I think you should understand a few of the possibilities here, Mr. Bradley. She may not recognize you. Probably won't, in fact. Yes, I... I realize that. Not until then. Possible to predict what her reaction may be. I think I understand. Well, here we are, gentlemen. Um... Better call the nurse, I imagine. Parker, is it all right to come in now?
3: Yes, Dr. Gillespie. I was just coming to tell you.
1: All right, Mr. Bradley, go ahead. Yes.
3: Alice, you're not my father. You're not. You're a murderer. And you're going to kill me, too. Please, Alice. Make him go away. Don't let him come near me. you better go outside, oh, Mr. Bradley. don't, don't, don't. Uh, oh, right no. here, Dr. Kildare. Do you have any spirits of among you? Yes, doctor. Right here on the train. Give her one
1: ampule and have a glass of water. I'll be right back. All right, Dr.
3: Kildare.
1: Seems to me the only sensible thing to do under the circumstances. Oh, how is she, Dr. Kildare? She'll be all right now, Mr. Bradley. Kildare. Uh, Mr. Bradley has been stating his intentions of taking his daughter home tonight. Oh, but that's impossible. He's in no condition to leave here. Kildare, now, let's not be hasty. I happen to be her father, Dr. Kildare, and in my opinion, she'll be a lot better off in her own home than she will be here in an institution. Well, I happen to be her doctor, Mr. Bradley, and in my opinion, she can't be moved. Now, Dr. Kildare, I backed you up in the matter of the police, but this is different. Mr. Bradley happens to be very influential. I mean, he's the girl's father, and I must insist. Carew. I've been thinking about retiring. But you can't. This hospital, the value of your name to
2: it, I, I, I won't even think of it.
1: I may buy a farm up in Connecticut somewhere and raise
2: pineapples.
1: Dr. Gillespie, I, I i
2: won't even hear another word. I... Oh, dear. Mr. Bradley, I'm inclined to believe that consideration for the uh, welfare of your daughter does necessitate her remaining with us for the present.
1: That's that. Rank only records four other cases of repressive amnesia and Severn three. That are similar, at least. Seven used hypnosis with one. The others were treated by locating areas of disturbance. Uh, I think we've spotted at least two of those areas. Yes. It seems that her emotional conflict stems from the fact that she's Alice Bradley and that she has a father. Or that this particular man is her father. She mentioned an Uncle George this morning. Yes. About the only name she wasn't scared of. Bradley mentioned the same name. Also, she used the word murderer when her father came into the room. Can't be sure what she meant by it, though. She didn't even consciously recognize Bradley at the time. But her mind did. (laughs) Interesting, though. Human minds are fascinating things, Jimmy. They're like strange, unexplored countries. Each one different from every other. And you never know what you'll run into. Now, who in the time... Let's speaking. Oh, Molly Bird. What? Yeah, yeah, we'll be right up there, Molly. <coughs> well, Jimmy, we can stop trying to find out what's in the patient's mind and start worrying about finding the patient. What? Yes. The girl has disappeared, gone. Her room is empty.
2: Now we continue with the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayres as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr.
4: Gillespie.
3: I just can't help it. I blame myself for the whole thing, Dr. Gillespie. I shouldn't have gone out and left her alone. She was sleeping so peacefully, or at least she seemed to be. And After all, no one told me to stay right with her. So Parker! I... Yes, Dr. Gillespie?
1: You've been quacking for ten minutes like an old mother duck. Well, so either shut up Where? or lay an egg.
3: Oh, horrible
1: man. Still oh, there? Any luck? Not much, Dr. Gillespie. Wayman's out in front cab driver. She apparently left the building all right. Molly Bird promised huh? I mean, through a wardrobe and put on a spare nurse's uniform. Good. Clever about it, too. Managed to get out of her room and leave the building without being seen. And she's put us in quite a spot hmm. after we insisted. Yeah, Peru will have a short circuit
2: and blow a pearl button. <laughs> I'd like to see the. Come in. Ah, uh, you, Eamon. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, me. That's right, uh, Dr. Gillespie. Find out anything, Joe? Sure, boss. Benny took her in his cab. She gave him an I.O.U. because she didn't have no money, and he figured it was okay because he thought she was a knight here. He just got back. Back from where? Where'd he take her? <laughs> Doc, you ain't gonna believe this, but so help me. Then he says he'll leave her out at the main entrance of Woodlawn Cemetery.
1: Slow down, Joe. Looks like something white over there through the bushes. Something
2: white is the last thing I want to
1: see in this place. Uh, not if it's in a nurse's uniform. Flash the light over that way. Okay, boy.
2: Hey, it's a dame, all
1: right. Yeah, stop the ambulance. Bound to be her. I was getting scared we'd missed her. It's okay. Yeah. i get a blanket out of the back and bring her with you. It's cold. All right.
2: I'll be right with
1: you. <laughs> well, miss Bradley. Oh. oh Doctor Kildare, you remember?
3: Oh. He brought a man, and said he was. I don't have any father. I do.
1: Of course not. It was all a mistake. And everything's all right now. Here's the blanket to us. Thanks, Joe. Here, honey. Let's put this around. Yes, Can't have you catching cold. There. I,
3: I was cold, I guess.
1: How did you happen to come here, Alice? To the
3: cemetery, this time of night. I don't know. I think I wanted to see someone. Oh? Who? It seems like it was some beautiful lady. Who died a long time ago?
1: Sheepers, uh, do you know what her name was?
3: I can't remember.
1: Where did she die? Was it in New York?
3: No. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was in Switzerland. Switzerland. It was on a lake, in a boat, and that's what they said. But it wasn't. I know yeah. it wasn't. Then
1: what did happen?
3: Happened. He did it. He, he murdered her. How do you know? Because. So she told me he didn't. she oh, gee, what, sir?
1: I don't know. If he isn't alive, how could she tell
3: you? It, it was a diary. I found her diary. And she said, Albert is taking me to Europe next week. I know he plans to kill me while we're there.
1: Alice, do you know who Albert is?
3: No. No, I don't remember name of yours uh, no no i can't remember i don't know all right, all right. Right.
1: now no. we're going to take you back now back where you'll be safe come on get up now oh, oh please
4: take
1: me now you start walking toward the ambulance and i'll be with you in a moment Well, right. course you want us to give her a hand Yeah. Oh, oh wait a second i want to take a look at this headstone got a match Joe a match <laughs> oh uh, sure I- I'm a step Oh, yes yeah. yeah. there you are Martha Bradley, beloved wife of Albert J. Bradley, born October 5th, 1909, died on June 20th, 1936. Who is she, Doc? The girl's mother. Come on, Joe, let's get her back to the hospital. Jimmy, the story seems to fall together pretty well now. Yes, her mind saved her from the situation by blanking out her identity, by repressing the realization that she was Alice Bradley, the father who had killed her mother. So we're sure of that much. But where do we go from there, Jimmy? I don't know. Of course, she's had a terrific emotional shock. It may be tough to bring her out of it. And suppose we do. We can't send her right back home into the same situation. Well, I'm afraid I don't see how he can keep from doing it. But if he is a killer... Jimmy, a doctor can only help a patient just so far. There always comes a point where the case passes out of his hands. Nothing more he can do about it than be... All right, Parker, you're sorry to interrupt, but... I...
3: But I... what? I... Mr.
1: Bradley's here to see you. Bradley? Well, don't just stand there. Send them in. All right,
3: Mr. Bradley. You may
1: go in now. Thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. Have you had any success yet in helping my daughter? Kildare, suppose you inform our visitor of the nature of our present conclusion. Uh, Mr. Bradley, a couple of weeks ago, your daughter came across an old diary that belonged to your wife. Do you know anything about it? Right. Yes, there was one. In the diary, your wife claimed that you were taking her to Europe for the purpose of murdering her. But. Now, Alice believed that you did. That I killed Martha. Gentlemen, is this the reason for the mental state Alice is in? Yes. Oh, the poor child. I should have told her, but. Well, the memories were painful. And... Well, here's what happened. Martha made that same accusation in letters to several of our friends. She was nervous, unstrung. It was her doctor, in fact, who advised the trip to Europe. Once we were there, she seemed more herself. And then one day in Switzerland, she was out on a lake in a canoe. It capsized, and she couldn't swim.
4: Hmm.
1: And you, Mr. Bradley, you could swim? Why, yes, of could gentlemen, my wife took the boat out alone. I'd gone climbing with a party of 20 from the hotel. Some of them live right here in New York now. As a matter of fact, Martha's brother George was with us. Well, Mr. Bradley, I I apologize for what I was almost thinking. It's all right. I can understand why you thought so. Good. Yeah, as much as I hate to interfere with the exchange of mutual confidences, uh, may I remind you that we still have a patient who isn't cured. I think I may know a way to help her now. Dr. Gillespie, do you mind if I have a try at it? Mind? <laughs> You'd do it anyway. Sure, Jimmy, go ahead. <laughs> you to keep thinking that, honey, all the time. But you trust me that I'm going to help you and that everything's going to be all right.
3: Yes, Dr.
1: Kilda. And keep remembering Uncle George, too, because I'm going to read you a letter from him now. Remember all the time that Uncle George wrote these words. Yes. Now, it says, Dear Albert, I am terribly upset to hear what's happened to Alice. How could she possibly believe such a thing of you, her own father? No. No. Now, remember, it's Uncle George who wrote this. It goes on. As both of us know that Martha didn't mean what she wrote in that diary. Both of us know that she was alone in the boat. And that you were with me. That you couldn't possibly have killed her. We could only tell Alice this. Oh, it's strange. I... I feel so strange. If Alice could only remember, so I could tell her that she had nothing to worry about, That everything is all right. That you, her father, are innocent that you love her very.
4: Oh! Oh! Oh, yes! Yes! My father!
3: Where's my father?
1: Mr. Bradley, you may come in now.
2: Once again, the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. There, uh, Gillespie
1: speaking. Oh, fine, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, Kildare's here, too. Send her in. That was Molly. Says Alice Bradley has been discharged and wants to say goodbye before she leaves. Oh, Good. She's quite a gal now that she's got her memory back. Beautiful young girl returns to arms of wealthy, doting father. <laughs> Traditional happy ending. Yes, I guess it is at awesome. that.
3: Anybody home?
1: Oh, come in, Miss Bradley.
3: Hello, you two.
1: Well, young lady, you look as though you had a pretty fair chance of living.
3: Oh, I feel fine, Dr. Glassley. I... I wanted to thank both of you for what you did for
1: me. Uh, thank there if you want to.
3: You know, Doctor Kildare, I was, I was thinking of something funny on the way up here. Oh, well,
1: what was it?
3: Well, when I came here to the hospital, I didn't have any memory at all. Now I'm a woman with a past. Ah, uh-huh. Doctor
1: Kildare,
3: you're responsible for the whole
1: thing. Uh, well, Jimmy, well I.
3: Goodbye, Doctor Kildare. Yeah.
2: just heard the story of Dr. Kildare starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore Dr. Kildare is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer producers of Malaya starring Spencer Tracy, James Stewart, Valentina Cortesa Sidney Greenstreet and John Hodiak. This program was written by Les Crutchfield and directed by William P. Russo. Original music composed and conducted by Walter Schumann Supporting cast included Lorene Tuttle, Virginia Gregg, Ted Osborne Bill Conrad, Ed Max and Marie Blake Dick Joy speaking